Welcome back, guys. This is On The Bad Bar Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Menning. Uh, today, we have a lovely couple joining us on the show. We have Hannah Lee and Michael Ann Stendig, both from Hannah Lee Communications, an award-winning PR firm um, focused on hospitality, food and drink. They've worked with an incredible amount of high-profile clients, including Campari, Fever Tree, World's 50 Best, and the Dead Rabbit Bar, including pretty much anyone who's anyone in the industry. Um, they've had an incredible career building their agency and working with these amazing people. And I think what they have is so much love to give back to us uh, who work in the food and drink scene. And I really respect them both for that. So um, this is a great show because we're going to talk about what it means to be a PR agency, what you can do to start building up your own PR appearance to the world, uh, and really just some finer details and questions that maybe you hadn't thought of before when it comes to media and uh, relations. So, uh, yeah, definitely give this a listen. Then go listen to their podcast, Hospitality Forward, which is a really cool show. It's super specific about talking to media uh, and essentially how you can get into the media or how you can be in contact with them and, and build your story. So I think it's quite an interesting show. You can check it out. Um, it'll be in the link in the bio. Check out our website as well because it will show you all the people they work with and what they do and the amazing campaigns they have. Um, but, yeah. Thanks to Hannah and Michael, both, um, like I said, great people. I talk to them really regularly, um, and it's always a pleasure. So, yeah, enjoy the show, guys. Um, just to finish off, please share, like, subscribe. Uh, do anything you can to help the show grow. We are growing pretty well now. Um, I feel like I'm doing probably about three or four interviews a week now, which is amazing. Um, so it's so nice that people are sort of catching on um, and being part of it. And, you know, I really just want this show to get better and better and better. So the more people that listen, uh, yeah, the, the, hopefully the better I'll get as well. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, once again, please check out the show notes. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. And if you look at the bottom, scroll down, you'll see a number of links, uh, including my own email if you want to contact me. So, yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, enjoy this episode. Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Bad Bar Podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, yeah, this is Christopher Menning, your host. And today we have uh, what I consider maybe a power couple in our industry, uh, Hannah and Michael. Lovely to see you both. How have you been? First of all, thanks so much for having us. Um, great, great to be on your show. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this. We've been talking for best part of the year, I think, about uh, about jumping on an episode together. So it's great we finally got the time. Um, and obviously, you're in New York. How is it over there? Um, New York City is almost back. Um, you know, restaurants and bars are open and they are busy. Um, New Yorkers are so happy to go out and dine and about. So yeah, New York City has the energy back. So we are very excited about it. Yeah, we, we, we definitely think there was a lot of pent up demand. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, we're getting travelers coming back, which is very important to the hospitality industry here in New York. And so yeah. we, we've been getting domestic travelers and starting November, uh, international travelers as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Broadway show is just about to return. So we are super excited about it as well. Great. Happy time. So it's good to hear that some of the rest of the world is, is going back to normality. So, um, you know, we've got a lot to talk about today, and I feel like we could do more than an hour um, because there is so much you're involved in. But obviously, we're here to talk about um, both your roles in Hanley Communications, uh, which is an award-winning PR agency uh, focused on hospitality and travel and F&B. But uh, as with most of my guests, I really like to start with the origin story. Uh, so it'd be really great to hear about both your origin stories. Maybe we can start with Hannah. And I'd also like to hear how you both met. 
as well. So I'll, I'll let you take it away and I'll sit back. <laughs> yeah. So um, my career started with a passion for marketing and communications. And you know, I was lucky enough to get my first job at United Airlines uh, at the marketing department where I learned so much about all things marketing. So that's where, that, um, that's where I got to really understand public relations, advertising, customer service, event management, and everything. And um, also that's where I really found my passion, public relations. And I feel when it comes to PR, it's all about the creativity. It's all about the storytelling of people, products, and place. So that drew me into the PR world. And um, I think this is one of the most beautiful in our industry ever being in a PR. So, um, you know, after um, United Airlines, um, then I worked at Ogilvy and Mather, which is an international um, PR and advertising agency. Uh, there, I handled multiple international accounts from automobiles to electronics to some lifestyle products. So there was about a couple of years. And then I decided to move to New York City, where I attended uh, graduate school at NYU and got a master's degree in English education and then minor in public relations. So I took about a year break from business. And then I went back to marketing world after school. And then for three years, I worked, worked at the, um, again, sorry, for three years, I worked at a PR agency in Manhattan where I really focused on my true passion, food, wine, beverage, and travel. So there was a really great learning experience and I learned so much about uh, you know, how to build a relationship with the media members and our industry friends. And then 18 years ago, I decided to um, open my own firm and um, Wow, that was 18 years ago already. So currently, congratulations, yeah. that's pretty long. And I would have to say, I think, um, you know, it's been a, such a beautiful journey. Um, you know, a lot of ups and downs, just like us, um, any entrepreneur decide to go on their own and, you know, try to survive and then, you know, hope to thrive. And I think we, we had a beautiful journey of 18 years building not only the national brand, but also international brands uh, for our clients. So very happy to be here. And um, so currently I am president and founder of Hanali Communications. So that's my baby. And now it's our baby together with Michael. So Michael, now it's your turn. <laughs> All right. So. Uh... I have we 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 led similar like similar lives parallel lives in a lot of ways, and uh, we've kind of conjoined in the best way possible. Uh, so as as people might know, we're we're partners in business, but also in life, and that, that works out quite nicely. Yeah. So we are married couple. We are working couple. So we are together twenty four seven, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> so a little bit about my background. Uh, you know, basically, I, I had a very classic New York City uh, public relations uh, career at uh, agencies like Porter Novelli and uh, Conan Wolf and Publicist Dialogue. And uh, my focus was business to business and corporate PR. And I really like to describe it as earning an MBA on the job. It was really, you know, a, a bird's eye view of how the business world works, the inner workings. Uh, you know, all, all the talent and creativity that go into major businesses. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, my passion, like Hannah's, was always food and beverage. And even when I was working in, for large, large companies, uh, I, I was best known for organizing these food outings to international restaurants around New York City, where I, I would take 20 or 30 people to immerse them in culinary and beverage adventures. Uh, so at, at some point, I decided to pursue my passion full time. And I became a freelance food and beverage writer. And, uh, you know, over the course of years, my work appeared in national media like the New York Times, 
trade media like Nation's Restaurant News and local media like the New York Observer, New York Daily News, and uh, especially Time Out New York, where I covered restaurants and bar openings. Uh, I also reviewed more than 200 restaurants for New York Magazine's website, sometimes having to go to two or three different venues over the course of the same night uh, with different aliases so I wouldn't be uh, found out. Yeah, actually he had like 10 different names and I was like, okay, um, when he invited me to dinner and then I'm like, who are you tonight? What are you, what, what's your name? <laughs> and I, wow. Wow. Yeah, but there was a fun time for a couple of years. I mean, 300 restaurants, uh, you know, cover- 200. Two, I'm sorry, 200 but restaurants. who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of dinner and tasting. And, and, and fascinating, everything from, you know, local falafel shops to five-star luxury restaurants really ran the gamut in, in every borough of the city. So it was a fascinating, fascinating journey. And, uh, you know, at the same time, I was helping Hannah launch Hannah Lee Communications. And uh, about eight years ago, I joined full-time as editor-in-chief. So I conduct all the message and media training for all of our clients and all the press materials of our agency go through my desk. So that means, you know, all the press releases and client bios, pitch letters and more. And so, I have to say, Michael is one of the best, best writers in the world. And his writing is so beautiful and so thoughtful. And our clients love his writing. So we are very lucky to have him as a, our editor-in-chief. Yeah, so. So, so, so writing continues to be my, my number one passion. And uh, you know, I've been fortunate to be the co-author of our agency's first book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, with Masahiro Urushido, of course, which was published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June. And I'm also a contributor to uh, David Wondrich's uh, Oxford Companion to Spirits and Cocktails, which is his monumental reference work on the subject. So, so coming out coming out very soon. Yeah, so Michael wears multi-multi hats, lots of hats, meaning very talented person. <laughs> I can vouch it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we are, we are the, the owners of the agency, but as you can see, you know, we're very much practitioners. You know, Hannah is, you know, the media relations guru and experts, and she's always on the phone, always emailing, you know, that's her passion. And, you know, I'm, I'm the writer in chief and always, always busy writing and crafting and, and honing messages. So. so basically, Michael is a quiet one, and I am the one who always talking. So yeah, she, she, <laughs> keep the balance. She, she can speak enough for the two of us. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> Well, I think it's nice to have that uh, that balance for sure, and I think um, you know you clearly are a power couple. That that's definitely what I always wow. thought. Um, I mean, the success you've had. Um, I mean, you've got some incredible clients, and you, you've obviously worked with a lot of people in the industry. Um, and I think there's a lot of respect from the people in the industry because of what you do too. Oh. But I think for for the purpose of the audience, it might be nice to talk about. Hanalee Communications and what the role of PR agency actually does. Okay, well, thank you so much for your kind words. And um, yeah, um, as we mentioned, we are celebrating 18 years in business. I think we are aging beautifully, just like a fine spirits and fine wine. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'd like to say uh, we are a marketing and digital savvy PR agency, which means you know, we incorporate all aspects of marketing into our PR campaigns, along with a very strong digital capabilities. And our team, myself and Michael, our team love all things digital. So uh, we are the agency that combines traditional public relations and digitals. So I think that makes us very special, but also we are very much passion, mission, and community-driven agency. And we know that without our community, we don't have a job. So we feel it's our responsibility to continue to give back to the community as we are making living out of this business. So that's what I feel very um, you know, proud to say that we are very much mission and community-driven agency. So that sum up 
who we are in a very short sentences. But Michael, you have more to say? <laughs> I do, I do. So we, we have four major divisions at our agency, bars, restaurants, spirits, wine, and mixer brands, and then hotel, food, and beverage. Yeah, we love Hotel FMB because we travel so much and we get to stay at a beautiful different hotels in a different city, different country. And I think we feel like Hotel FMB is where um, maybe there's a lot of room for growth, for telling stories of the bars and restaurants, about the design of the hotel, about everything, uh, you know, people involved around the hotel. So, um, yeah, we expanded our service from bars and restaurants, spirits, beverage, wine, to now hotel FMB around the globe. And, and, and I, would, I would say that hotels in, uh, in Europe and Asia uh, have been very forward thinking when it comes to food and beverage, you know, for, for many, many years. And I think American hotels, you know, I'd say over the last, you know, five or 10 years have, you know, gotten, gotten word that this is, uh, you know, a great way to grow their brands, uh, attract travelers, but also engage their local communities, you know, by having these phenomenal uh, food and beverage destinations. So it's really been a revolution uh, in the hotel scene mm -hmm. in the States, especially. Yeah. And also when it comes to clients, um, we have a very, very serious process picking and choosing the client, which, which means we are very, very selective. We curate our clients, people that we love to work with. So, you know, for the last 18 years, you know, that never, we never compromise on the our process meaning we love to work with people we love to work with people products that we love people we trust so we've been very very selective and i think that's why what makes us special because we do not work with everybody or anybody we work with the only special people that we love and whose products is a top notch. And we, we have a very simple, simple criteria. You know, the, the clients have to have the ambition of changing the world. Yeah. And as you can see, each of our clients represents the excellence in what they do. And literally every single client, what they do, they literally change the way we drink, we eat, and we travel and we live. So we are very, very proud to work with every single client that we represent. And uh, we are proud to say that, you know, 100% of our clients come through by referral, uh, by our journalist friend, by our current clients, former clients, uh, industry friends. So that's been our business practice for, for the past 18 years. And it's, uh, you know, it's a great to be in a position where you get to say no to a lot of prospects because we have a very, very serious criteria whom we want to work with. And, and, you know, quite frankly, it works in our favor because the media are aware of this and they know that when we reach out to them with the new client, that we're, we're vouching for this client. We're putting our, mm -hmm. you know, reputation on the line and they take our calls very seriously mm -hmm. as a result. Yeah, it, I think, you know, the, um, the most important thing um, as a PR professionals is that you need to have that very trustworthy relationship with a journalist. And I'm proud to say that I think for the last 18 years, I built this really beautiful relationship with uh, so many journalists who became our friends, who became our buddies. And I think when I call with the new clients or new ideas, they do believe they believe in me they trust me and trust my information so i think that's one of the you know most special thing about our agency is that journalists trust us and i think that's very special absolutely and you know our, our motto at our agency oh yes let's talk is, about our motto it's <laughs> also pretty unique it's to think like journalists and act like brand ambassadors. And, and we live by this every single day and every single moment. And, you know, I myself come from a journalism background and, and PR, and a lot of the folks on our team do as well. And it's very important that we understand how the media work, the kinds of stories they're looking for, their hot buttons, what the latest trends are that we could leverage. 
But at the same time, we also see ourselves as an extension of our client's marketing function. So when we're out there, we're representing them. You know, we're, we're an extension of their team. And we are the face of their brand. And so it's very important to bring that passion for the brand and the genuine storytelling of each client. And I think uh, one of our journalist friends uh, who writes for New York Times, she once told me that, you know, you, you make me feel like you guys are always the in-house PR person for each of your client. That means like we truly believe in our client and people think that, are you an in-house PR person? You know so much about them. You are so committed to them. Well, that's what we do here. because we love the ultimate, our ultimate compliment. Yeah. So I think we should add one more on our motto. Maybe think like journalists, act like a brand ambassadors and act like in-house PR professionals team, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, what you do is amazing and, and clearly um, well-renowned. And, you know, I, maybe it's a good time to lead into the clients you have. And, you know, looking at your website, it's, it's a who, who's who of who's in the industry. It's kind of like amazing who you work with. Um, rather than go through the whole list, maybe we can talk about some of your success stories with some of your clients that you you know, over the last sort of 18 years have been uh, pivotal in your agency's growth. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it's been a very interesting year for us. Um, and, you know, it's especially last March when um, it was March 15 in New York City when uh, when we were forced to leave the office and, and was, wasn't able to come back for almost a year and a half. You know, when the, um, the COVID hit, um, our industry literally shut down and our business, our PR business, um, we lost about 90% of our business overnight because without community, we don't have our business. And I think that was a perfect example of like, we have to go together, we have to rise together. And that means we help each other and just whatever it takes. And in terms of our, um, um, case studies of our client. Uh, maybe if, if you don't mind, can we go beyond last 18 months um, of our case? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe then maybe we can start with our dear client of ours for I don't know how many years, um, the dead rabbit. I think I think that rabbit, pretty much everyone in the world uh, who's, uh, who are in uh, bar business or bartending business know the brand. And we started working together with Sean and Jack, uh, Sean Muldoon and Jack McGarry, the founders of the Dead Rabbit, nine months before opening. And, um, you know, opening a bar in downtown, literally, uh, tip of the um, uh, Manhattan, um, downtown Water Street, people were thinking like, why are you opening a bar? Nobody goes down down there for a cocktail. And obviously, Sean and Jack has this vision to change the world. I mean, actually, they did. And yeah, so I would say, you know, working with them together, really helping them to um, curate the messages because they are so smart and they have like over 200 pages of business plan that we had to read. And it was very overwhelming because they have everything. But then our job is how to make that 200 page business plan into three pages of press release and be able to pitch that story in a 60 second to the journalist. And I think a collaboration, very close collaboration between us and Sean and Jack and entire team, I think we made it a very successful brand, um, not only uh, nationally, but also internationally. And I would say that's one of the um, very successful case study where, you know, as long as you collaborate so closely and then and then there's a huge opportunity to be successful. So I would say one of one of our most successful case studies, um, the Dead Rabbit. And then maybe which, Michael. Which, which one? World's best bar. Uh, you know, twice. Twice. 
uh, the world's fifth best bar and, and by Tales the, of the Tales of the Cocktail. Yeah. That night, two nights, we never forget being on stage with them and celebrating that moment of that special celebration. I mean, that was just incredible. It was pure, pure elation. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that really, you know, catapulted us into the bar world. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the uh, strategy, um, I think the clear strategy and then the flawless execution of the campaign, that's very important to make it successful um, all around. And in terms of, in terms of uh, some spirits brands, you know, Campari doesn't get much bigger than that for uh, spirits marketing. And Negroni, of and course. And Negronis, and we were, we were very fortunate to collaborate with them for two years. And we helped them achieve double-digit growth for the first time in decades. And yeah, that, that was after their 150th anniversary. And they were really, you know, looking for a way to spotlight their brand. And, you know, we were consulting with them and they had this internal concept of the year of the Negroni. And we really leveraged that and took that, broadcast that out um, to, to the bartending community, especially to embrace, to embrace the Negroni in all of its possible variations from, you know, barrel aged to carbonated to molecular versions. Uh, there was a time when, you know, you couldn't turn around in New York City and in, and in cities around the world without seeing a crazy Negroni variation. Mm -hmm. And it really invigorated the brand uh, as it had never been before. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Campari is one of our favorite brands in the world. And, you know, we are very happy that we are part of that journey that, you know, brought that brand to life, but also bring that Negroni, the classic cocktails, become very popular, not only bartending community, but also consumer. So yeah, we love Negroni, we love Campari forever. So Negroni forever. And, 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 and it's fascinating that the Negroni movement, you know, is still growing, it's still pervading. We actually have a client in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, that opened up a Negroni bar. And this, this would have been- During the pandemic. During the pandemic, no less. Something that would have been totally inconceivable you know, 10 years ago when, you know, no one in Tennessee had probably even heard of the Negroni. So it really shows the, the power of this movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also uh, Fever Tree, uh, you know, we've been working together with the Fever Tree USA team for the last four years. I mean, it's such a beautiful brand, beautiful, pe beautiful people behind the beautiful quality products. And it's such a brand that really understand the power of marketing, power of uh, PR, power of partnership. And it's been such a pleasure to work with, um, you know, Charles Skip, who's the uh, Fever Tree USA um, CEO, and Amanda Stackman, who's the marketing director at uh, Fever Tree USA um, uh, office. I mean, it's just a, such a beautiful team doing beautiful work. So I would say, you know, working, representing the brand over four years, um, that really showcased that client really trust us for what we do and our insights and um, an idea they bring to the table. So I would say favorite tree success um, over the uh, last past uh, year um, during the pandemic, um, I think it really showcased how PR can play such an important role, even during the challenging time. And on, on the hotel side, uh, we're very proud of the work that uh, we did for Ian Schrager and the Times Square Edition Hotel. And, you know, the, the hotel was probably one of the biggest openings in New York City, you know, prior to the pandemic. Uh, and it had world-class food and beverage offerings. The problem was uh, people, did not associate Times Square with excellent food and excellent cocktails. You know, it had become, you know, more of a, a, a tourist destination. Um, you know, it, it had that reputation perhaps, you know, years ago in the past, you know, but not in the current day. And it, it was quite a challenge to start, you know, getting people to reconsider Times Square, uh, you know, not only for the Broadway shows, but also for incredible food, incredible world-class cocktails, 
And uh, you know, we we were able to get their bar at 71 West among the best bars in America, according to Esquire magazine. Uh, so that was, you know, a tremendous accomplishment that really changed the conversation, you know, and now people really do look at Times Square as, you know, a, a very viable destination for, for a great night of food and drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also uh, one of other case study is um, Danny Meyer. Um, we all know the one and only Danny Meyer. And, you know, Danny has been uh, managing the their PR and marketing internally over 30 years. And, but then when they were opening a uh, standalone cocktail bar for the first time from the Danny Meyer group, they hire us to manage the campaign. And it was a very challenging campaign because you know, people associate Danny as the, the restaurant guru and the food and restaurant tour not necessarily cocktail, craft cocktail or drinks bar. So, you know, through our very strategic campaign, we were able to manage that this is Danny Meyer's standalone cocktail bar, not the restaurant bar or bar restaurant is a standalone cocktail bar. And through our strategic campaign and communication um, channel, we were able to drive this very accurate um, communication um, uh, messaging where Danny is the obviously the head of the Union, uh, Union Square hospitality group for the whole entire group. But then when it comes to porch light, which is Danny's standalone cocktail bar is managed by the team at Porchlight. So our challenge was not bringing Danny to the conversation, and but at the same time, spotlighting the team, Mark Maynard, who's the founder of Porchlight, to be the spokesperson. So, you know, media loves Danny. Media loves Danny to talk about everything. But our challenge was, okay, how do we keep Danny out of the spotlight, but bringing the his team member into the spotlight. Um, it took a little bit of, um, well, not little, a lot of strategy, uh, brainstorming and session, but we were able to make it. And uh, the bar is very busy for over years. I mean, well, it's been almost five years now, but still very busy, very popular bar. So we are very you know, happy to be part of that journey. And uh, speaking of bars, one more is uh, Katana Kitten with uh, Masahiro Urshido that we helped launch. And, uh, you know, it was really a privilege to, you know, be part of the whole, you know, process of getting the bar opened and established. And, you know, the, out of the gate, they viewed at number 14 on the world's 50 best bars list and, you know, got the award for the best new opening of the year, as well as, you know, the Tales of the Cocktail Spirit Award. So it was, you know, a tremendous success. And, you know, we felt very proud to communicate the messages around this, you know, very unique Japanese American bar that, you know, has definitely impacted how New Yorkers and visitors to the city eat and drink. I mean, yeah, it's an incredible lineup and I'll I'll have your website in the show notes so people can go and have a look. and you know it's it's incredible, like the people you've worked with and, and the establishments as well. I'd like to ask maybe because I think there's going to be a lot of people listening in my audience who are brand owners, maybe just small but growing fast, or maybe bartenders who have hit a level where they think they're ready for the next step. But I think the question is, you know, what point in someone's career should they seek out a PR agency? Very good question. <laughs> So, Michael, why don't you take this? Yeah, I think, you know, people should look at a PR agency as a true business partner. You know, when you set up your company, you hire professionals, you hire a lawyer, you hire an accountant. And, you know, we think that a PR agency should be part of the mix uh, to help you craft your mission statement and messaging points. And it's through strategic PR, you can build the brand, which is critical to success. And when you have a PR agency, you want it to be a long-term partnership because that's that's what it takes to build a brand. It can't be done overnight. 
which is why you know we don't do short-term projects. We don't think it's a good use of the client's money, and we don't think it's a good use of our time. Where we were really add value is building brands over the long term. And some of our clients, you know, have stayed with us for you know five, seven, nine years mm-hmm. as part of the journey. Yeah, I would say uh, um, start early. Um, hire PR agency as early as you can. Because because if you if you don't do it from the from the get go, and you just go along, you know, willy nilly, you're not crafting, you're not building an image. So the image that's out there in the universe might be inaccurate. But there might be a lot of misperceptions. There might be inconsistencies, and it's a lot harder to fix a broken image than to build a beautiful one from the get-go. So, you know, we, we always counsel people have PR from day one or, or actually even before day one. Exactly. You know, Way before day one, Michael. I mean, the, the Dead Rabbit <laughs> folks approached us nine months prior. And Danny's team hired us probably 10 months before. Yeah, almost a opening. year. Yeah. So uh, the sooner, the better. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't want to be in a position where you know you're opening next week, and it's like oh you know now's the time to do PR. Yeah, no, that's definitely important, and I think um, clearly it's all about sort of the image, the public image, right, and and what people perceive, and and you're right, sometimes maybe people don't understand what the public perception is, um, and I think in a world where we are um, all having to be social media savvy and we have to be our own sort of you know our own sort of PR agents in a way, um, you know, do you have any tips or advice for beverage professionals to first start, you know, when they're thinking about their image, what, what do they need to work on first? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd say first and foremost, write a mission statement that really says who you are. You know, are you specialized in classic or tiki cocktails or, you know, do you try to push the envelope with technology you know what? What's your specialty? What are your areas of expertise? And you what, know what makes you so special? Who are you? What are you? So if you can uh, describe who you are and what you are in one paragraph, that's what's, what. That's that's the very important beginning of your PR um, storytelling. So so once you've gotten clarity on that mm-hmm. and identified, you know what who, you dif- are. who you are, what differentiates you and your, you know, your, your claims to fame, as it were, then it's time to write a bio that tells who you are and how your life leading up to the present gives you the qualifications to be interviewed about your areas of expertise. So you need to have that at the ready because if the media want to interview you, the first thing they're going to ask for is a bio. And if you don't have one, you're, you're going to be caught, caught short. Mm-hmm. So the bio should have also your mission statement so that when the journalists read your bio, they know exactly what you are special uh, and why you are special and what you what is your expertise and then your career background. So in one sheet, it's not like only the product needs a fact sheet. Human being needs a fact sheet as well that describe who you are, what you are in a very succinct and simple way. So and, write a bio. And, and also, you know, the, the media, you know, have to be skeptical about people that they interview. They only want, you know, credible sources. So the bio is your way of establishing credibility, you know, in a very short period of time by showing, you know, how your different positions that you worked at, you know, gave you the qualifications to speak about a specific subject. You know, you're, you're backing up your assertion, basically. Mm-hmm. So third, and this, this is incredibly important, is to start cultivating relationships with the media. Uh, public relations, at the end of the day, is a people business. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. You know, as Hannah alluded to before, you know, journalists want sources that they can trust. Mm-hmm. And who do you trust? You trust people you know. So getting to know those people, having relationships, building that trust is absolutely critical. And you can start doing it on social media by following them and commenting on, on their posts and, also and read, showing that you've, you've been reading 
their articles and you know listening to their their stories or what have you or you know you know meet them at in-person conferences whether it's you know the berlin show or tales or world 50 best you know those places are teeming with journalists and it's a great place to to meet them uh you know in real life it's really important but also go to book signing now that the world is reopening there's a lot of book signing that's happening that wasn't able to do uh during the pandemic and a lot of journalists are book authors so buy their book go to their book signing talk to them make a connection start the communications and that's the best way to do it you know and, and once you have these relationships then you could offer yourself as a source you know on the subject of your expertise and then you can send them your bio <laughs> hey this is me if you need an expert in xxx area i am here and here's my information so you can have it handy and, that's it you, know, you don't I, have to be fancy you don't have to send a fancy um pitch letter just simple hello here's my, my bio and you know it, it's not going to be an overnight thing they might file it away but when the opportunity comes and they have to do a story on your subject where you're an expert you know they'll go through their their email you know for all those emails about that subject and your name will pop up mm -hmm. so it's a good way to get you know on their radar and you know within the universe of possibility of being interviewed but i would also say and you alluded to it a little bit earlier is that social media is a critical storytelling platform. You know, journalists are just like us, you know, just like everyone else, they're constantly browsing social, they're looking for story ideas, they're looking for interesting people to interview and feature. So whatever you put on social is another way to get discovered by the media. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely worth your time putting up good content, putting up good visuals, putting up good captions, putting up good cocktail recipes, uh it's all very valuable yeah and actually you know we've just launched our hospitality forward podcast season three just like you congratulations on the season three thank you well congrats to you as well i really love your show i listen all the yeah. time and actually uh our first uh uh guest was um hamish uh from drinks international and uh, he one of his quotes or one of his advice to our, uh, you know, the bar community and bartender was, okay, if you, when you just about to post something on your social media and you think that, oh, I might get some, you know, comments or good engagement on this post, that then means there's a story. So meaning you have to take every single post very seriously because pretty much every single journalist that we interviewed. And the last week was the um, uh, Sam Dangerman from Town & Country. He also talked about how he find bartender by literally checking his Instagram feed. And when he see beautiful cocktail and recipe, he would stop scrolling and bookmark it and then and then go back to that post later on so basically you're looking at social media is is the face of your brand face is your uh pitching um your story to the world so i would say leverage the social media best you can not only instagram but also linkedin go to linkedin linkedin is an amazing platform where you can network with so many journalists they are all there they are networking on linkedin so find those folks on social media channel as, and as michael said start communicating they don't mind getting dm you don't know them but you like their work you like their story then just dm hey i liked your story and i am so and so and so on and i'm specialized in in this special topic if you need an expert or if you need a source, I am here. I'd love to have your email address. Would you mind sharing your email address? If you DM on LinkedIn or Instagram, 99% of journalists will get back to you. That's what we heard from our interview process during our podcast. So take advantage of the social media channel. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I know I could do a lot better with my social media. So oh, I, <laughs> I think after this today, I should. Well, honestly, we can all do better. 
but we are all so yeah. busy and and doing you know things and i would say do whatever you can but when you decide to post something take time to do it beautifully because that one post can change your life because you don't know who's watching who's checking on your profile absolutely and i i would say one one last tip is to listen to our podcast hospitality forward oh my god shameless plug shameless plug michael no no worries but we we specifically (laughs) developed it uh, to help hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight uh you know by interviewing top journalists every week every week and they share their tips for getting their attention and you know we've gotten feedback from people in the field from professionals who've used our tips who've gotten coverage you know in the new york times for example and you know it changes lives yeah i mean we literally started our podcast just to help our community and you know some folks can hire people like us so that we can tell their story but there's so many thousand millions of people around the globe um, might not have a budget to hire PR agency. And also they are such an expert, you know, we think anybody in our industry to us, they are newsmakers. Without newsmakers like yourself and, and, and every bartenders and chefs and bar owners in, the, in America or around the globe, journalists won't have a source to write about. So, um, you know, I feel, you know, we were like, how can we help this community? Because we, what we have is the relationship with the journalists and we know our industry newsmakers need a little bit of advice or need a little guidance. So we said, you know what, why don't we introduce our all of our uh, journalist friends who we have a wonderful relationship and who also want to help our community because our podcast was born last year during the pandemic. So um, each journalist who would take time to join us for half an hour each week, they want to help our industry friends, industry um, experts and newsmakers. So, you know, every episode is all about you. It's not about us. We are giving this opportunity for our industry people to just listen. And you know what? We interview from the New York Times, Bloomberg, Fortune, Entrepreneur, Travel travel and Leisure, you name it. And and these are relationships Mm. that we've cultivated over the last 18 years. And guess what? You don't need a PR agency like us to send an email to these journalists who are constantly looking for source and story ideas. And you just listen to the podcast and then you can literally Take the note that every single person in, on our show share their email addresses. So literally, you can pick and choose the, someone that you want to pitch. You can do it. And when you do it, put it in your subject line, hospitality forward, because all of our journalist friends who were interviewed said that they will give it a read if you put hospitality forward forward on, uh, on their subject line. So there we go. You have about 40 people to pitch because we just interviewed number 40. I think going on number 41. So you have the top 40 journalists waiting for your email. So take advantage of it. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, no, definitely be in the show notes. Uh, Hospitality Forward is a really good podcast. Uh, season three as well. And you know, I think uh, this is why I love the podcasting community as well, because as I've grown my show, it, it's very much everyone's helping each other. I've, I've been in other people's podcast shows as well. And it, it's, such a, it's such a great form of, um, of information uh, sharing, I guess. But just to, we've got a few more questions before we go, but I think linking into other stuff you do along with the podcast is, you know, other ways you help the media is, or, you know, professionals is your innovation exchange. You also have the book media where you highlight certain authors um, to support them and share their books as well. I mean, there's a lot you do within the agency that um, maybe people don't realize. So could we touch on some of those? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's very important for us to continue to push the boundaries of PR uh, to tell our clients stories on, you know, perhaps a, a bigger stage and build their brands even more vigorously. And, you know, we're, we're very excited about long form storytelling. 
you know, in this day, day and age of, you know, internet scrolling and everyone's attention span getting shorter and shorter, there's still this, there's still a human need for long form storytelling. You know, it goes back, you know, thousands of years, you know, when we sat around the campfires in our caves, you know, and, and shared our, our myths and stories. And that, that's a human need that's never going to go away. And, you know, we think now more than ever, people really need that kind of connection, that kind of storytelling. And, you know, HLC Book Incubator Media uh, really started out from our just genuine love of books. And, you know, over the years, we've promoted more than 100 authors and their work through our Meet the Inspiring Author series. Mm -hmm. And this meant staging, you know, book signing events and posting interviews of authors online, uh, you know, to give them a spotlight and give back to this important community. And, you know, we thought we would take it to the next level with HLC Book Incubator Media. So we identify authors amongst our clients and compelling subjects to bring new hospitality-focused books to life. And what's really unique here is that promotional efforts, including PR and social media, are built into every phase of the publishing process to create maximum visibility and ensure the success of the book uh, as a you know, marketing forward, author-centric initiative. So it's, it's definitely a, a new and fresh approach. And you know, we're very proud of our, our first book, uh, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. You know, we've been fans of Masahiro Oshido for many years. And uh, you know, we're very privileged to work with him as a client when we helped launch Katana Kitten. And you know, his, his bartending journey, both in Japan and, and later in New York, you know, really inspired us. You know, it's such a unique story. And you know, Hannah and I have visited to Japan visited Japan many times and you know, have long been passionate about the food and cocktail culture. And you know, when we submitted our manuscript to uh, to publishers, uh, we received several offers, but we chose Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Uh, because we had a multi-year working relationship with them. We had publicized two of their successful books uh, of our Dead Rabbit clients, uh, the Dead Rabbit uh, Drinks Manual and the Dead Rabbit Mixology and Mayhem, two wonderful books. And, you know, we knew that they understood cocktails, they had a passion for it, and uh, we, we really knew we could find a home at uh, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Yeah. So when it comes to the book incubator, um, you know, there's a two different, um, uh, I would say, uh, category. One is we continue to support our favorite authors, um, not our book, but just all other hundred book authors that we supported it. We're gonna continue to do so because there's so many great books and book authors that we love. So we'll continue to promote them through our digital channel and book signing event. And then for our HSC book media is where we identify our client and help them to write a book. So two yeah. different- Yeah, because mm. it's interesting. Sometimes we, we see books and people that they may not be aware of. You know, and, and it's our job to kind of pull it out of them. And that was that was certainly the case with uh, with Masahiro. And he found it really, a, you know, a very revelatory experience to really, you know, share his life story and, you know, how he came to be who he is and how we came to open Katana Kitten. Yeah. And then our uh, another innovation series is about digital division, um, you know, Mike and I, all of our team are obsessed with the all thing, all thing digital. And about, um, you know, about 10 years ago, we start, you know, seeing this social media need and social media company coming up. And, you know, we used to send our clients when they need a social media to a special social media agency. And then over the maybe a couple of years, we were thinking, wait, I think we are missing something here. Why we are not having this social media or digital capability to serve our client. So Mike and well, I- Because um, the, the challenge is a lot of social media agencies, you know, you know, know social media very well, but they may not be versed on the intricacies, you know, of the, the spirits and bar worlds. Mm -hmm. and, and it takes a long time, 
you know, to that, get that kind of expertise and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So we, we thought we could combine uh, the best of both worlds. Yeah, and then if you can manage the social media campaign under the one roof, PR and social media, and there's a consistency that you can manage in terms of the messaging, but also time efficiency. Client doesn't have to deal with the two different agencies, you know, and, and it's, it's a lot of coordination, it's a lot of time management. So, um, you know, with the multiple reason, we decided to educate ourselves on all things social media. So Michael and I like travel different city to attend digital conferences, social media, festival, online, you know, uh, tutoring. I mean, you name it. We just educate ourselves, all things digital, and we fell in love with it. And we realized the importance of digital storytelling in addition to the traditional media relations and PR, but then the power of digital that can take that public relations results to the next level and also creating additional storytelling on all things videography, and also photography. So we decided to hire a uh, full-time um, digital um, video uh, videographer, actually. So three years ago, um, you know, it's very rare for a PR agency at a boutique agency like us having a full-time videographer, but we decided to invest our money in digital. So yeah, since then we've been having in-house uh, videographer who creates who film, who edit, who produce but, together with us. And, and it's mm. always in the service of our PR campaigns. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we're not looking to become a, a video production house. It's always documenting what our clients are doing. And, you know, our, our videos have won awards, mm -hmm. which is, which is, you know, quite gratifying. Yeah. So um, again, the, uh, you know, combining digital uh, storytelling in you know, adding it to our traditional storytelling uh, media relations is one of the most powerful brand building opportunity for any brand. So I would say, you know, we are very progressive when it comes to digital. And I think our clients love what we do because every single event, we have a videographer filming and next day we have a video ready to go and sharing it on social. So journalists who couldn't come to our event, they get to see what happened at the event or what they missed. Or sometimes we create a video to support our press release. So journalists get the press release, but also the link to the video so that they can actually visualize what we are talking about in two-page press release. So I would say digital division is one of the uh, very special uh, innovation series that we uh, launched. But then also number three innovation series is um, helping our bartending community with our scholarship. So if, Michael, if you want to talk about the scholarship. Yeah, we launched the HLC Global Bartender Travel Scholarship. It's a long title. <laughs> it's a mouthful. But, uh, very simple. Very yeah. simply, you know, travel has been, you know, an incredible part of our education uh, as, as professionals. And it's really opened our eyes, our minds, our palates. And we thought, you know, it's so important for bartenders, you know, to have that kind of opportunity uh, to travel, especially to, you know, cocktail and bar conferences around the world, which we found, you know, invaluable over the years. So we decided to start our own scholarship. It's entirely self-funded by our agency. You know, we don't accept any corporate sponsors. And, you know, we, we, solicited applications from the bartending community and we were we were overwhelmed uh we we, we got almost 200 responses from four oh, 200 responses from 45 different countries around the world mm -hmm. and you know we, we we knew that you know we wouldn't be able to be objective because you know we read the the essays and they're also moving so we we also started a a judging panel of luminaries uh, from the bar and spirits world, both in the U.S. and around the world. So, you know, this judging panel actually has the, the hard task of, of voting for who should win the, the scholarship. So thankfully, it's not on our shoulders, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, we, we support them 100%. Mm -hmm. And in a, the, the goal of this um, in a scholarship is 
to continue to promote bartending as the noble career. And, you know, we have so much respect and love for bartenders. I mean, just what they do is incredible. And I think just like, you know, doctor, teacher, professor, uh, or whatever the career is, I think when someone says, I'm a bartender, I think people should show the same respect as, as they hear, I'm a doctor or I'm a philosopher or whatever that is. So we wanted to uh, really bring that bartending uh, as the noble career through this campaign and honoring our bartenders around the globe. But at the same time, as Michael said, you know, created this uh, opportunity where we can honor uh, some folks to be able to travel to different country and, and their favorite uh, cocktail conference to get inspired and to get opportunity to network. So uh, what we decided to do is every single year, we couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic. And this year we are relaunching our second uh, year scholarship. And as long as our agency, Hanani Communications is in business, we are gonna donate this scholarship every single year. So for example, next year is our 19th year anniversary. So our scholarship gonna announced next month, but then it will go until the next spring and then we're gonna announce the winner in 2022. And we will be um, uh, contributing $19,000 uh, for 19, bartenders. So each bartender will get $1,000 to be able to travel to one of their favorite uh, um, you know, cocktail conferences. So every year, year 20 anniversary, I think we're going to be uh, honoring 20 bartenders, 21 year anniversary, 21 bartenders. So uh, you know, we are going to continue to giving back to the community as long as our agency gonna be in business. So that's our commitment to our community that we love so much and the bartending community that helping us to have this job that we love so much. So that's our commitment and that's part of our innovation series. So giving back to community as well as, you know, sort of like a bringing a new way of brand building and storytelling through our, you know, digital division, but also um, the podcast that we are hosting. Fantastic. Well, yeah, once again, it's like amazing all the stuff you do for the industry. It really is. And uh, it's all about sort of helping it grow and support. And um, maybe just one more last question before you go. I wish we had more time. Um, but I think um, also I'm very glad you mentioned the book, Michael. It's a great read. Um, I received it recently and, and loved oh, it. Thank you so much. Um, cocktail recipes are amazing. Photography is great as well. So I do recommend everyone to read uh, the Japanese art of the cocktail. Thank you, oh, thank you so much. Um, but to finish up, um, it'd be really great to hear what's next for Hanali Communications. And obviously we've all gone through a really tough couple of years. Uh, but I feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, have you got anything planned for the future? Is there anything else you're wanting to see happen in the industry? What's next? Well, um... I mean, we, you know, we, as we say, we, we love to travel. And, uh, you know, some of our favorite cities in the world are uh, London and Hong Kong. Yes. And, uh, and mm -hmm. you know, what, what's next on our agenda is, you know, trying to have a presence in each of those cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about this for years and hopefully sooner than later, we'll have our agency um, branch or offices in um, London and Hong Kong. So there will be our vision for next couple of years. But at the same time, we'll continue to giving back to the community because as we mentioned at the beginning, we are very much community driven agency and we are here to continue to giving back to the community that we love and, and who's helping us to have this job. So we, are, we feel very privileged to be in our industry. No question. Yes. Hannah, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Um, for the audience, any of the amazing information we heard about today, including the websites and the podcast, will be in the show notes, so have a look. Um, 
guys, keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. We love it. Uh, and thank you so much for your support to the industry. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thanks for having us. And thanks for doing this podcast. I know it's a lot of work, but, you know, listening to your uh, guest uh, is really inspiring us. So um, thanks for what you do for our community as well. Yeah, it, was, it was really a pleasure and a privilege to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bat Bar.